This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Welcome aboard. It's The Adam Ritz Show. Jay Baker joining me. Jay, how are you? I am doing great, Adam. I hope you are, too. You're a big dog fan. Uh, I don't know. Are you a surfing fan? Do you like to surf, or have you ever surfed? Uh, I have successfully surfed once, but I admire those that consistently do it. That's I'm impressed. You've successfully done it once. Uh, paint the picture for me. When was it? Well, the whole trick is, you know, um, I had a buddy that worked in uh, Florida, uh near port canaveral so you get the east you know the east side of florida you get consistent waves that was in an area too where kids really knew the waves and reported them to local uh surf shops and one time when we were visiting i said man i'd love to surf he goes let's you know so uh the whole trick is to jump up onto the board without throwing yourself off the board now, I never, ever did it enough to get that good at it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like the guy that snow skis and did it two or three times. But if you ask him today, let's go snow skiing, he'd go, oh, no way. Well, that's kind of how surfing is. It's it's you got to do it and then you got to keep practicing. Well, I, I snow ski the way you surf. And uh, I bring it up because and I asked you first if, or they mentioned that you're a dog person. There was a dog surfathon in san diego last week to raise oh, cool. uh, funding and awareness for uh, an animal shelter and tons of footage online and pictures we'll put a link to this on our website adamritzshow.com but it was the uh, uh the 18th annual surf dog surfathon uh at del mar dog beach in uh, near San Diego to benefit the Helen Woodward Animal Center. Uh, they had the world's best surfing dogs show off their skills. Uh, they had vendors and costume contests, family fun uh, event to raise money for pets in the programs there at the Helen Woodward Animal Center. And that is uh, simply animalcenter.org. Uh, for their website, if you'd like to go straight to their website to maybe check this out or donate yourself. But, you know, I have to admit, and I know some of our listeners are going to be cross with me, but I'm not really a pet person. Blame it on my asthma or allergies growing up, but I never really had a pet, never appreciated them the way others do, although I do appreciate uh, a pet adoption and animal shelters and how important pets are to, to other families and children. Th- these pictures are awesome. I mean, these dogs surfing because their their owners even have them dressed up with hawaiian shirts and uh, <laughs> goggles swim caps i mean it's it's awesome <laughs> Could you- it's great what dogs can do too you know it's it's uh, uh you know when people adopt dogs you know dogs just become literally you know their shadow their companion your dog is reliant on everything you do so you know if you love to lay around the house watch tv your dog will netflix with you but if you love to go surfing your dog unless he's just really afraid of the water is thinking hey why not 
And you can tell in their eyes that they're that they get it and they're enjoying yeah. it and they know how to surf. They're not just luckily haphazardly standing on this piece of wood that's floating. Uh, they're surfing. Oh yeah, I. <laughs> And, you know, speaking of which, I legitimately saw, because, you know, uh, that's sort of the running joke about uh, the Internet. You know, it's a, it's 10,000 uh, kooky cat videos. But I saw a legitimate uh, YouTube posting of a dog that loved the skateboard so much that the dog wouldn't let you take the skateboard away from him. And he would ride steps and do all kinds of crazy things. Now, obviously, he wasn't, you know, taking crazy jumps and things like that. But you think about a dog that likes to skateboard. I mean, how and why? But that's what makes America the wonderfully pet-diverse country that it is. I wonder if that dog liked Blink-182 or Green Day. You'd think he'd have to <laughs> if, it, if it was a skateboarder. Yeah. What does your dog uh, do that's sort of human? Uh, the one thing my dog does is it records things here in the house with me because I do a lot of stringer work and I've turned, uh, my, uh, walk-in closet into a studio and the dog knows that when we go in there, uh, you know, she jumps up on a thing, lays down, we do some recording and then we play afterwards. So she knows she knows to record. She she knew today we were going to record this show. Are, is she's laying right there? Oh yeah, supporting she's laying, your, uh, your broadcast efforts. She's laying right here, and we always joke that you know that this is a dog that's got a future in broadcasting. Now, can she bark or growl on cue? <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a surfing dog uh, charity. I think we need a dog sound effect. Yeah, I think we need to work on that a little bit. Uh, she only barks at the guy that does lawn care. So it's like, <laughs> it's pretty funny. He was out today and she was barking and she, she sounded like, you know, like one of those junkyard dogs that we laugh about a little bit, you know, the, the kind of dog that would take off part of your uh, hide when really at 34 pounds, she's probably not capable of doing much to anybody. Well, we'll put a link uh, to this Helen Woodward Animal Center's Dog Surfathon on our website. Again, it's adamritzshow.com. Very cool. Hey, I've got another dog thing, too, and this is a way that you can uh, team with someone to raise money for your local animal shelter. This happened in Missouri, and I've seen this uh, two or three times in the community I live in. Many times when um, they shut down outdoor pools, whether it's the YMCA or, uh, you know, the local apartment complex or, you know, there's, you know, really big outdoor pools are run by companies that can afford to do it. But uh, like in this particular case, the city of Springfield, Missouri, does an annual dog swim on the last day that the pool is open because uh, for health reasons, you can't have the doggers swimming during the week, but a lot of dogs really love the pool. So if your dog loves pools and you can chat with either your YMCA people or your local apartment complex people, you can uh, do an event that's actually a fundraiser for uh, your local animal shelters. And this particular one, uh, they actually had a giant 
a local dog swim at the uh, local public pool. He said uh, dogs of all sizes were in there. They jumped in. The owners were there. Uh, the dog swim raised money for the city's dog park. And you can see the video of all the festivities on YouTube. So I thought that was really cool. That makes so much sense. Uh, municipal pools, parks and rec, uh, apartment complexes, they all close their pool on after Labor Day weekend. And Great. Uh, my sister has a pool, and we were in her pool over Labor Day weekend, and we were talking about that, how really lame it is that uh, in certain parts of the country, uh, the cities, and like you said, the municipal pools and apartment comp, they close their pools after Labor Day. And you could have three, four weekends after Labor Day, late September, early October, you could still have a sunny 80-degree day on a, on a weekend. And it's just a shame that you can't go to the pool on a Saturday in early October when it's sunny and 78 degrees. But... I do understand these pools have summer help. You know, a lot of students work there as lifeguards during the uh, the summer, and when they go back to school, they maybe have no choice but to close down the pools anyway. Uh, and then you also have inclement weather, where you you don't know what the weather's going to be uh, mid-late September to early October. You could have 40-degree uh, nights so that the water is just ice cold, even if it is 75 degrees in the middle of the next day. So I, I've never heard of this, Jay. I think it's a fantastic idea. The last day the pool is open. So let's say uh, Monday of Labor Day weekend. That's the last day a city pool is open. So on Tuesday of, you know, the day after Labor Day, on that Tuesday, that's when they have their dog swim charities to raise money yeah. for dog animal shelters and for uh, dog parks. I think that's a great idea. I, yeah, I, it's kind of a cool idea. So, you know, ask around, get it going. And, and, you know, if your apartment complex or city pool doesn't do this, you know, if if you ask around, like Jay just said, maybe, maybe they will do this. Of course, you might be pegged to be the point man on it and you might have to do more work than you anticipated but heck <laughs> volunteer get involved start it make it an annual thing and you can put that uh, on your charitable resume that you were the one that organized and founded the dog swim at your county parks and rec uh pool uh well you- that's what we've always said you know is if you can combine something that's fun and raise funds while you do it you know no one's gonna say oh, I spent 25 bucks taking my dog swimming to benefit the local dog park, and we had a dreadful time. No, no, says no one. Yeah, you know? if it interests you and it, it can benefit a great cause, I, I mean, why not get involved with that? Uh, I, I just can't imagine at the end of the day, you know, 38 wet dogs on the uh, the pavement shaking their uh, their, high, high, their tail ends to get the water off. The, the, there's a wet dog smell that uh, I don't enjoy. And if there's 50 wet dogs, I don't know if I want to go to that event. No, but uh, a dog owner already knows what 50 wet dogs are going to smell like. Dogs like to have fun anyway. So I just thought that was a pretty cool thing. And, uh, you know, and it's as well, it's something that you can do as a grassroots individual to make this a better place. That's what public affairs is all about, Adam. That's what this show has tried to do is say, look, we know public affairs may be the driest subject on the planet, 
but we're making it fun. You know, the dog swim makes public affairs fun. Now, now you, you tell me as a dog owner if this if this makes me a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can't wait to hear this. That's the wrong way to start a sentence. <laughs> uh, I find it highly entertaining when you hold uh, a dog near or next to a pool and they intuitively just start swimming. Their arms and legs start paddling and they're not even in the water. Yeah, there is some like very, uh, you know, ultra hardwired part of their brain that says go swimming and you know there's some famous dog breeds i think it was technically the labrador retriever has like the perfect feet and all this they are designed to go into water and retrieve game so you know it's it's a situation where some dogs hey baby i love to swim you know and i think it's kind of funny like you said when you take like a little dog, because the pool seems pretty big, but the little dog, he's ready to go, you know? Seriously, if you hold the little dog around his ribs and just sort of hover him next to the edge of the pool, they'll start pumping their legs. They start yeah, the doggy paddle. Will. I find that hilarious. I hope that doesn't make me a horrible person for mocking no, no. a dog. That's not what dog abuse, be, is it? No, no. What would be horrible is if you got your dog into a situation where you didn't feel comfortable you know, so it's obviously they want the owners to keep an eye on their pets, you know, so the dog doesn't accidentally dog paddle down to the deep end of the pool or whatever. But no, for standard dogs at about shoulder height, man, they can't get enough of it. So, yeah, as long as you're being safe with your dog, you're you're not being mean at all. I've even seen some uh, videos, uh, reels or TikToks, whatever you call them, where people will be holding a dog. There isn't even a swimming pool in sight. And there's a certain breeze, maybe they're, they're in the backseat of a car and the wind's coming in from the window being down. And with the wind hitting the dog, they start paddling their, their arms and legs. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wait, is it arms and legs or just legs? <laughs> I guess technically legs. It's just legs. The front legs appear to be arms. They, don't I thought they, they were in many arms. Cases. <laughs> yes. <laughs> dogs would rule the world if only they had thumbs that's yes, what we've already said okay. uh, here's a interesting thing in the public affairs world concerns now about some household cleaners they did a little sort of down and dirty testing literally and they found that some of the particles because many of household cleaners uh, you either apply by you know, uh, putting it onto something or spraying it onto something. They said that these little tiny particles can remain for hours after being sprayed. So you Ooh. have to be aware of uh, the residue that you're getting from your household cleaner. Now, we're not picking on any of these, but this was an example of ones that are particularly uh, uh, that they stick around long after they've been used. One is a uh, product called HDX Glass Cleaner, Scott's Liquid Gold Wood Care, and Less Doyle Heavy Duty Multipurpose Cleaner were rated the worst in having a residue that gets left behind. Which can be harmful to your lungs. Uh, I remember Absolutely. I, I had a, a cleaner uh, once when I was younger that I, I used to clean my bathroom. And I, you know, 40 seconds into using this product, I, I mean, I couldn't breathe in the in the bathroom because yes. I'm breathing in the toxins. And 
So I just I opted to just not clean the bathroom from that point forward. <laughs> yeah, well, that's rarely the choice for many Americans. But yes, as Adam says, be aware it could cause you not to breathe properly. In fact, the biggest concerns are asthma, uh, some cancers, and there's some concern that this could affect your reproductive health. So that's sort of the California guidelines, but you know they're applicable for the rest of the United States that you should be aware uh, that these products can be toxic. The suggestion is to use products that specifically say that they are more green oriented and they are, and or fragrance free products tend to have a lot less residue. Okay, that's good, great advice. Now, here's something interesting, and it makes all the sense in the world intuitively, but you might not have thought it through. They say that some companies are tracking your social media posts. Now, that's somewhat of a given. You know, we've always talked about you can use social media for good. Let's say you're in a job interview and someone talks about, you know, what about this, that, or the other, or philanthropies you're involved with. Well, if they consult your social media posts, and most of them are very positive, like, here I am at the 5K run donating money to my favorite charity. That may be a better post than here I am on spring break in Cancun, yeah. upside down. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But, but the concern is, of course, that they are tracking your social media posts. The main concern, according to HR professionals, is some companies might be concerned about your mental health because as you well know adam we've talked about the polarizing effect of social media and sometimes you feel even if you're talking about something as mundane as a football game you don't want your posting to get out of hand no so that is true you, you really want to stop to think about how this uh how this is received by other people uh you know standard guidelines avoid all caps, avoid uh, avoid any insinuation that you're going to, quote, tear the head off anybody that roots for the Eagles. When someone reads that post, they might be concerned about your mental health. Really? I mean, you look unhinged when you, you, if, you take, if you take anybody's, uh, you know, like you said, okay, let's say you're watching the Philadelphia Eagles. You love the Eagles. You've been waiting all week to watch the game. You've spent hours in the kitchen cooking your pregame snacks. You have spent hours now watching the game. It's the beginning of the fourth quarter. So you've got more than a week invested in this. And you've already had 50,000 conversations with your friends and coworkers about the game. And then something happens in the fourth quarter and you're like, and you snap a little and you, you post something that makes total sense to the week you just had into the conversations yes. you've had through the week. But a day later, a month later, that post is permanently imprinted on the internet, and now uh, somebody reads that sentence out of context, and you just look like you're absolutely <laughs> unhinged, and it could affect your, your work relationships. Maybe you get a client. Maybe you don't get a client because of that post. So Jay's right. Just just made me think, okay, this is uh, not uh, – did you hear about the, the, the lady running for uh, Congress that had some sort of adult-themed video leak? Uh, yeah. I mean, she actively participated in a site that promoted uh, – 
entertainment for those over the age of 18. There there was some nudity, nudity involved. Uh, it was some sort of like her husband was involved, some sort of marital. You know, it wasn't like she, was, she wasn't cheating on anybody, but it was just a lifestyle that maybe shouldn't be uh, on the Internet, especially if you are hoping to get a new job, especially if it's in Congress. So just another great reminder that the internet is uh is permanent and it's forever and it's like broadcast media if you wouldn't do that on uh the middle of monday night football if you don't want it to be the halftime show of monday night football then maybe don't do it at all yeah no kidding that's a pretty good guideline new details are coming to light after a human skull was found in a goodwill donation box in arizona well, you get the best deals at Goodwill. So for this <laughs> Halloween season, if you're looking for an authentic decoration for the a centerpiece for your table, uh, maybe hit Goodwill. You could find a real human skull. Yeah. Now, uh, police are saying that after consulting with the medical examiner's office, it looks like the skull is, quote, historic. Authorities noted that at this time, there doesn't seem to be any crime associated with it. The skull was found and an investigation is ongoing. So, yeah, that's uh, that says to me that if you are working the Goodwill collection box, you might say to yourself, wow, uh, I'm not sure I'm getting paid enough to handle human skull. Yeah. So somebody in the back of Goodwill that goes through the donations has to like categorize these things. This goes into glassware. Here is, uh, you know, men's clothing. Here are women's shoes. How did the skull not make the holiday decor? How did they just go straight to the trash with that? Well, yeah, my thing was, you know, they probably thought it was part of a Halloween thing. I, I would certainly uh, uh, at least too. want to think that that was part of Halloween. And I love that it's historic. Does that, what, they're going to carbon date it and try to figure out? Uh, well, it- you know, uh, it, the, the, I'm going to guess that the skull is only is, has been a skull for quite some time, meaning that there's not some, uh, you know, like uh, newly minted homicide associated with it. It, it, I think there uh, some def- talk about a craft. I mean, if you're into crafts and you're looking for holiday de- holiday decor, <laughs> what kind of uh, potato chip dip cup bowl can you make out of that for this <laughs> Halloween season? Can you imagine here, kids, and I made a bowl. <laughs> Pick out some candy. Yeah, uh, we always uh, like to honor those that are raising money for charities and doing something beneficial at the same time in townsend tennessee uh this occurred about 10 days ago runners in the great smoky mountain 5k and half marathon those runners raised twenty one thousand dollars for local charities in tennessee so that's pretty cool uh how much twenty one thousand for charity it was uh the great smoky mountain 5k and half marathon now these uh, these uh, people that raise the money have teamed with uh, a very uh, popular uh, race partner, a race promoter. And this particular race promoter has uh, a, a current contract with uh, national parks. And so what they do is put together races in conjunction with these national parks because the national parks are such a big draw. And if you think to yourself, 
how cool would it be to do a half marathon at the Great Smoky Mountains uh, and or a 5K so you get like this high race turnout. So they give chances for people to participate and they also give uh, uh, runners the ability to uh, put their own uh, charity together. You know, have you've probably been approached by a coworker that says, hey, if I run this half marathon will you give me so much per mile right yep uh and it's kind of a neat way to get the runner more engaged in the actual charity but i thought that that was really cool is to take something extremely popular like a sporting event at a national park and then use it to raise a, a good sum of money and while it would be gorgeous running through the smoky mountains it would also be terrible with those hills <laughs> oh yes I, well, I, uh, there would be that i you, you know I, i've run uh i'm way past it now in my age but in my earlier days I've, i did a lot of half marathons uh, i did a couple full marathons the chicago marathon is a great marathon one of the reasons is not only because you run through the downtown city streets of chicago but because it's flat it's absolutely flat so you know running up hills is just I mean, so difficult. Uh, here's a side story in that category about Will Farrell. This is one of my favorite stories concerning uh, a marathon and hills. He was training for a marathon, and he wanted to run the flattest marathon he could because he didn't want to run up hills. So right. he, he had his like uh, personal assistant, his team of people, research where the flattest uh, marathon is, and they found one in... Uh, like Qatar or somewhere in the Middle East that was just an absolute flat gradient. Every single step of the 26.2 miles was completely flat. So that's where he went to run his marathon. What they didn't research was the temperature and the weather. So his marathon that he ran was completely flat, but it was 123 degrees. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) In a desert. In the Middle East. So if you're doing research on where you want to, you know, whatever your criteria are for for running a marathon, whether you don't want hills or maybe you want it to be cold, check everything. Because if you're looking for the coldest marathon, you might find out it's it's got the most hills. Uh, No kidding. I mean, think about it. If you had to run through something like a desert, I mean, like, hey, no pavement here, but you run through some knee deep sand. You know, and wouldn't when, that be fun? If you've ever done a fun run, there's those water stations where there's volunteers with Dixie cups of water. They'd have to have a, a plastic table from Costco with a Dixie cup of water every seven feet <laughs> in those 26 <laughs> yeah. miles in a 123 degree desert. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty toasty. Well, you know, I, we're going to finish up the show, Adam. I know we don't have a whole lot of time. Two but minutes. I, I always love these surveys. U.S. News and World Report has published its annual list of the best countries in the world. And here's the criteria. Entrepreneurship, quality of life, cultural influence, social purpose, openness for business, and a few other qualities. Well, Switzerland is once again on the top of the list. They've been number one since 2017. So what we're trying to say right here is these lists crack me up because you don't really stop and think i'm gonna drop everything and move to switzerland 
you know, I've heard people, you know, threatening to move to Switzerland. Uh, apparently, they, you know, they're winners. They've been number one since 2017. I hate those guys. I hate the number one team. I hate <laughs> the, the team. The number one team. You know, a dynasty, a team that just wins it every year. I hate Switzerland. I know. Well, the good news is, Adam, the United States ranks fifth on the list. So, you know, that means that at least you're living in a top five location. Uh, though in front of us is Australia, Sweden, and Canada. So you can at least visit supposedly a better nation than we are in this hemisphere. In Canada. So we got that going for us. You know, they're, they're in second position, Canada, or they're just in the top five? Uh, they're in the top five. Canada, well, no, I take that back. They're second. They are so number Canada, two. They're exemplary. Okay. Well, you know, Canada's always a little smug, and I think they're smug because they think they're better than us. They, they really do. They, they think, uh, <laughs> you know, and I'm not just talking about winter sports. They, But, you know, that second place ranking, maybe it drips down into uh, our northern border. Maybe that's why we're in the top five. Without Canada being our northern neighbor, maybe we're number 12 or 13. But since they're so right. close and we get some of that Canadian culture, you know, we get Brian Adams and uh, and uh, who else? <laughs> I'm trying to think of another. Oh, Rush. I, Are you kidding me? With Brian Adams and Rush, that's... And I think we get food items like Canadian bacon. Canadian bacon and poutine. Put a little gravy on my French fries. <laughs> and uh, if we had more poutine, maybe we'd be fourth on that list. Jay, thank you so much for all you do for Public Affairs Radio. For our listeners, you can re-listen to this episode on our website, past shows as well, listed in podcast form at adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.